Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Good morning, and thank you so much for joining me for Modern Living with Dr. Angela. I'm your host, Dr. Angela Chester. So today we are talking about relationships and marriage, and dare I mention that D word called divorce. Well, after the wedding, living in limbo, dealing with the ups and downs of marriage can take a toll. Waiting to have some time to decide what direction your relationship is going to go in. You're living in limbo. You you want some direction. You want some closure. You want to know what to do next. Well, this can stop couples from advancing in a positive direction. It sometimes can create a false sense of hope of a relationship and sometimes of reconciliation. So what do you do when your marriage is still intact, but your relationship is on the rock? Our sponsors today are New Life Pastoral Counseling, Therapy for Modern Individuals and Couples. You can find them online at newlifedra.com, newlifedra.com. Our song to you today is brought to you by Sean V. Syndicate. It's entitled Higher Calling and Sign from Above, Higher Calling and Sign from Above by Sean V. Syndicate. You can find him online at ReverbNation.com forward slash Sean V. Syndicate. And Syndicate is spelled S-Y-N-D-I-C-A-T-E. So let's go on and get started with our show. So after the wedding and living in limbo, some people are happily married. Some people are blissfully single. You have to determine, what do you want to be? Do you want to be single forever? Do you want to be married forever? What's what's your mindset? How were you brought up? Now, many people, um, as adults, have a certain understanding of what it means to be in a relationship according to what they were taught as young folks. Now, I say young because your parents could have divorced when you were six years old, or perhaps your parents should have divorced when you were 16 years old. And they didn't. Um, There's so many ways that we understand what it means to be in a relationship, what it means to be in a marriage, and how we carry that out. Today, I am talking, unfortunately, about unhappily married people and what we can try to do um, to help you get back to a really good place and help you avoid being married, I'm sorry, help you avoid getting divorced and to stay married. Now, like I said, some people have a very dim view of what it means to be married in the first place. And they usually have conversations that start off saying, I don't ever want to get married or marriage is for suckers. 
Or why would I want to give up my independence and get married to someone? Or, you know, kind of an old-fashioned way of saying it, listen, I'm getting the milk for free. Why should I buy the cow? So we have to really look at who are the people that are paired up? Who are the people that are coupled up? And what are their goals? What is it that they want to achieve in life? What do they want to do? So if you've ever gone to one of my seminars or listened to my webinars, and you've heard me talk about relationships, and especially if you are a person that wants to be engaged one day, you have to take a really long, hard look at who are the people that you're spending your time with? Who are the people that you want to be in a relationship with? Men, what attributes? Are you looking for in a wife? Now, no one has ever said, I'm looking for the least attractive person in the world. I want the least attractive uh, physical attributes, you know, be it that that's too skinny or too fat or too tall or too short or too light or too dark, whatever it is that, that is not attractive to you. No one ever says, that's what I'm looking for, because you're not attracted to that. You have a tendency to say the things that you are attracted to. I want a man that's over six foot tall. Um, it used to be a phrase, I want him tall, dark, and handsome. Okay, if, if that's what you want, then that's what you want. Someone may say, oh, no, girl, I want him medium height. He doesn't need to be any taller than 5'8 or 5'10. I want him to be pale, and I want him to have gray eyes, if that works for you. Whatever it is that you find attractive. But the question goes deeper than that. What are you really attracted to? Sure, we know that there are physical characteristics that everyone is attracted to. But what are you really looking for? What is at the heart of the person? When people say, I want someone who's going to make me laugh. I want someone who can be my best friend. I want to be able to share everything with that person. Those are really great things. And I hope that you get that. I hope that you have that. But is that what the other person is looking for as well? Many times what happens is, is that we don't have conversation with each other about our hopes, dreams, and aspirations. We don't have a conversation with the other person about what is it that you want to achieve in life. So if you haven't had that conversation, and now your marriage seems to be a little on the rocks, or you find that you're having less and less in common, it may have been because you didn't have this conversation early on in your marriage. So people will ask things like, well, do you want children? And that's a really good question to ask. But you should also ask other questions like, do you have a financial plan for like what you want to achieve? It doesn't have to be a business-like plan. But do you, are, you, are you putting things aside? Do you have a plan for that? Do you have anything that you want to achieve in five to ten years from now? Do you like where you are education-wise? Do you want to go back to school or do you need to get a certification? Are you all right with what your salary is? We forget to ask the questions like, are you a religious person? Are you a spiritual person? Or maybe you're agnostic or even an atheist. But you have really great conversation. But because you have really great conversation, you forgot to ask those other very important questions. Now, from a Christian perspective, we say, are you equally or unequally yoked? And many times we overlook that very important question in the beginning, before it's even been a year of this new couple, and now you find yourself engaged or married 
or now you've been married for some time, and those questions that you didn't ask before are starting to weigh on you. So now you're in this position. You don't know what to do. You don't know where you want to go with your marriage, but you're not necessarily wanting to get divorced, but you just know that what's going on right now isn't working for you. You are in limbo. So we're going to take a look at a few ways or a few things or a few rules, if you will, to help keep your marriage together. I used to call it divorce prevention. What can we do? Well, one thing that you can do is, and this should be a rule with both parties, of course, is number one, no cheating. Absolutely not. No cheating. Dating is for folks that are not in a relationship. Dating is for people that are single. You are not single. You are still married. You may not be happily married, but you are married. So that's a no-no. We're not going to date anyone. That's not for you. If you date someone while you are still married, that is called cheating. Don't do that. Honor your marriage vows. You set them, honor them. Now, I know someone is saying, but we agreed that we could date other people. Okay, so you agreed that you're going to date other people, but how does that help your marriage? Uh, Did I say marriage? That's right. You're still married. How does dating someone help your marriage? Dating someone else just makes you feel good. It just makes you forget about your problems, your cares and concerns that are going on inside of your marriage, but it doesn't help your marriage. It distracts you from your marriage. So you have to ask yourself, why is my marriage broken? Why is it dead? Why did something happen to kill what we had? Or is what we had maybe the wrong thing from the beginning? Maybe you guys are really good friends, but the marriage part of it is starting to break down because, like I said before, you didn't have questions in the beginning. Remember, you can only control your own behaviors. You can't control the behaviors of your spouse at all. Each of us has free will, right? You have free will. Your spouse has free will. Everyone in the world has free will. But if you agree to do certain things, you can help to make sure that your marriage, though it may be in limbo, it doesn't go off the deep end. After all, you can influence the outcome according to your own actions. Getting involved in someone else only helps the chance that the conflict will continue within your marriage and your marriage will end. But don't you want to know what happened? Don't you want to know why it happened in the first place? So when you find yourself tempted, when you find yourself in that position where, okay, so some guy's winking at you, ladies, and, you know, he's making you feel good, wouldn't you feel better if your husband winked at you? Wouldn't it feel better if your husband was the one flirting with you? Wouldn't it feel better if you could get your relationship, your marriage, back to that place where you guys were having fun again? And besides, what you're doing when you're cheating affects your children, but we'll talk about them a little bit later. You don't want to bring that toxicity 
into your marriage. You don't want to bring that into your home. So what's rule number two? You have to be the best you that you can be. Be your absolute best. Are you bringing your A game to your marriage? Are you bringing your A game to your marriage? Or are you bringing your your A game everywhere else but your marriage? If you're doing that, then you're not helping yourself. If you're not bringing your A game, you're not helping yourself. So what do you mean, bring your A game, Dr. Angela? What I mean is, are you showing up for your marriage the same way that you're showing up for work? Or are you dropping the ball and just letting whatever happen, happen, la, 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 whenever in your marriage? If things are your fault, take responsibility for that. Apologize, make amends. If something has harmed you, if something has caused you to feel less than positive in a very adult way, don't point a finger, but instead inform. Rather than deciding that you are going to place all the blame on the other person, be an adult and take responsibility for what you have done. Bring your A game. Where credit is deserved, give it. Where criticism may be warranted, make sure it's constructive and done in love. Hey, you don't want a finger pointed at you. Don't you point too many fingers at the other person. The good news about bringing your A game, about being your best self, is that every day you have an opportunity to do it. Every single day you have an opportunity to say, today is the day that I'm going to be awesome, not just at work, not just at church, but in your relationship. Every day you have the opportunity to be great. Wives, be that wife that he's always wanted. Husbands, be that husband that she's always wanted. Today is the day that you can do it. I believe you can. Do you believe that you can? That's what makes the difference. Do you believe that you can? Well, it's time for us to take a very short break, but when we get back, we're going to continue our conversation after the wedding, living in limbo. We'll be back right after this. You are about to hear Higher Calling and Sign from Above by Sean V. Syndicate. traveled you know i've got a lot to learn and my faith's been wearing thin got no place left to turn so i'm gonna take it real slow got my last cigarette grandpa said there'd be days like this you gotta take what you can get so i've been That is Higher Calling and Sign from Above by Sean V. Syndicate. 
And we are back. Thank you so much for joining me for Modern Living with Dr. Angela. I'm your host, Dr. Angela Chester. Today, we are talking about relationships. We are talking about marriage and trying to avoid the D word. That's right, trying to avoid divorce. Now, if you are uh, one of my uh, therapy clients, then you know I call it divorce prevention. We have divorce prevention. We have divorce recovery. Prevention is exactly what it is, trying to keep you from going off the deep end, trying to keep your marriage intact and helping you figure out what's going on very specifically in your marriage. So we are talking about some things, some ways that you can keep your marriage intact while you are in this particular limbo stage. And it's all about really taking a good, hard, long look at yourself and figuring out what have you done or what haven't you done and what are some things that you could do to make it different. Number three is listen. Don't go for the bait. Don't fall for it. And what am I talking about? That argument. Some people are simply argumentative. And now that your marriage has gotten a little wonky, it's gotten a little crazy, it's gotten a little bent out of shape, and it's not where you want it to be, arguing might be the only thing that you guys have left, if you understand by what I mean. That that's the one thing that you can depend on. That's the one thing that you know is going to happen on a regular basis. We're going to argue every day as though our lives depended on it. Well, guess what? It takes two people to argue. If you don't fall back into those old habits, if you don't take the bait, then it's hard to have an argument. The other person is simply disagreeing or informing you or trying to have a conversation with you. Don't fall for the argument. Don't allow your ears to hear it as an accusation. Allow yourself to hear it simply as information. Are you the one that tends to bring up the arguments? Are you the one that throws the chair? Are you the one that points that finger and says, hey, you, I've got something to say. We need to talk. Is is that how it goes? We need to talk. How come no one ever says we need to talk and then says something positive? It's always we need to talk, talk and then the bomb drops. You know, stop doing that to each other. Inform each other of what you need. Inform each other of what your hopes and dreams are. Inform each other and have adult conversations. You know why I know you can do it? You do it at work. You do it with your parents. You do it with your siblings. You do it with your coworkers. You do it with your your church family friends, family members and friends. You do it with everyone else but your spouse because you feel that your spouse is supposed to just stand there and take it. Well, guess what? They're human, just like you are. They don't have to stand there and take it. They don't have to. They're choosing to try to listen to you as best as they possibly can. So in order to be clear on this, in order to make sure that you understand what's going on and how you can prevent just an all-out argument, a, a war on that day, decide what it is that you want to say. Write it down if you have to. But you have to stop with the thought of, you know what? I'm going to get you before you get me. That doesn't get you anywhere. If you know that something is going to irritate your spouse, don't do it. If you know that your spouse needs you to be there at a certain time or to do a certain thing, be on time. Do that thing. 
Don't be a thorn to the other person. Don't bait your spouse into an argument. Now, I know that this is hitting home for a lot of people because this is one of the things that we talk about in therapy. I keep getting goaded into the argument, Dr. Angela, and I don't like it. I don't want to argue with her. I don't want to argue with him. I just want to have a good day. But it seems like this is all we know. Don't fall for it and don't be the person that sets them up. Number four, stop using your kids against your spouse. Don't do it. Your children are not little pieces on your chessboard. Don't do it. Your children are already looking at you and what you're doing in this moment of your relationship. They're already learning what not to do because right now you're behaving badly. Don't pull your kids in. Don't suck them into your drama. Don't make them choose. Don't make them have to, you know, show loyalty to you and only you. If your mother goes out, I want you to call and tell me. If your father talks to a woman, I want you to tell me. Don't do that. Your children are not your little spies. Your children are not put on this earth to be little informants for you. They are instead supposed to love their parents and have the ability to learn from the two of you. Don't show them that the only thing that you're good for at this moment in their lives is showing them what not to do. Not everyone is able to take information and say, okay, so I've learned what not to do. Let me do the exact opposite. Not everybody can do that. So at this particular moment, and perhaps you never thought about that, that you are teaching your children what not to do. You are teaching your children to be argumentative. You are teaching your children to be combative. You are teaching your children how not to love as opposed to how to love. These are formative years and forgot, and maybe you forgot that they're looking at you. They're listening to you. And they're looking to you for guidance. Don't trick your kids. Don't bait your kids. Don't manipulate your kids. And that's on both sides. The one thing that you should be able to agree on in your marriage, if nothing else, is that your children deserve your love, they deserve your attention, and they deserve for you to act like adults when you're around them. So don't argue in front of your kids. If you have to argue, wait until they're not there or they're outside or they've gone to the movies or they're doing their own thing someplace else. If you have to argue, go sit in the car in the garage. If you have to argue, go in your bedroom. In fact, go in your bedroom and go in the bathroom. And don't yell. You don't have to scream at each other to make your point. You're just trying to out loud each other. Out loud, you're trying to, you know, um, dominate each other in, in your voice. You can say exactly what you need to say in a normal tone, in a normal pitch, without yelling, without screaming. That terrifies younger kids. It really scares them. And let me tell you, your teenagers don't want to hear it anymore. Say what needs to be said, even if you have to do it as though you're doing it at work. Okay. But just don't break your kids into it anymore. And last but not least, 
figure out what it is that you want out of your marriage. What do you want? Maybe you didn't sit down in the beginning, like I said, and really talk about what you wanted out of your marriage. Why did you get married? Did you want a companion? Did you want someone to raise children with? Did you want someone who was going to be your backbone with you? They were going to be your backup? Did you want a best friend? What did you what did you get married for? Why did you get married? Did you believe that according to your perhaps your faith that that's what you needed to do um that you couldn't stay single forever? Did you decide that this person was the one person that made you happier than anyone else and you wanted to spend forever with that person? If you've never thought about it, this is a really great time while you're living in limbo to think about it. Go back and look at all of those old pictures that you had when you guys were happy, when you were laughing and smiling and having a great time together. Go back and look at those pictures where you were going on vacation with each other or even staycations. Dr. Angela, we didn't go on vacation. We didn't go on staycations. He never took me anywhere. She never took me anywhere. She never wanted to go anywhere with me, Dr. Angela. Well, perhaps that's something that you can shoot for. Perhaps you can sit down and you can plan to have a family vacation and you can choose to say, on this vacation, we're happy. On this vacation, we're not going to argue. On this vacation, we're going to be the family that we always believed that we could be. On this vacation, we're going to be the couple that we always believed that we could be. Sometimes getting out of your environment can change. Are you stuck in the city? Are you always in the suburbs? Are you always in rural America? Get out. Change your scenery. Have you always wanted to go to New York or D.C. or Miami or Chicago or L.A. or maybe Chicago or Seattle? Get out. Do it. Enjoy yourself. Have a great time. Do something that's going to build that bond with each other so that when you are old and gray, you can sit down and say, do you remember when? Now is your opportunity to build your memories. If you're not building memories, many times you're just building regrets. You're just building opportunities for you to say, I wish we would have. And no one wants to look back over their life and say, I really wish we had done that. I want you to be able to say, I remember when we did Hey, you remember that time? Couples that are happy have memories to share. Couples that are happy have opportunities that they have presented to themselves to do things that are going to build their bond. Don't let your opportunity slip by. Don't let your opportunity to make your tomorrow awesome pass you by today. I hope that I have help you get out of a state of limbo and decide that today is the day that you hit that reset button on your marriage and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe what I did I thought was right, but it has, it's hurt you. It has made you change who you are. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Perhaps you need to say right now, you know what? You are awesome. You are so much more than I've given you credit for. I apologize. 
Perhaps you need to say, you know what? We both were acting so stupid. And I know that we can be so much better than this. Maybe you need to say, hey, we're a Christian couple. And remember, we, we were taught the couple that prays together stays together. We haven't been doing that. Maybe we need to do that. Maybe you just need to respect each other for who you are and you haven't been Whatever it is that you need to do in your marriage today, step up. Do it. Change it. Get yourself back on track because I believe that you can. Well, we're going to take our very last break, and that break is brought to you by New Life Pastoral Counseling Therapy for the modern individual and couple. So are you experiencing anxiety, depression, shame, insecurity, or simply feeling stuck? Are you wondering where is out there or when that right relationship is going to come your way? Or are you looking for that right opportunity? Perhaps you're looking for ways to increase your awesome. Well, New Life Pastoral Counseling specializes in concerns of generations X to millennials. That's those of you born between 1970 and 1999, women, men, and couples. She can help you discover who you are, dealing with a wide range of career, relationship, and life stressors, finding your path, and learning how to walk in it. If you would like to know more, visit newlifedra.com. That's newlifedra.com. Newlifedra.com. Well, thank you, listeners, for joining me for. And as always, may the Lord continue to shine his face upon you. May you receive his grace and his mercy in all you do. Until next time, everyone, be awesome. Bye-bye.